Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, it's just past 11pm Melbourne time as Matt and I come to you from our Airbnb. We've treated ourselves to an early night. We are at home watching Guillermo Fis and Alexander Bublik in a, in a quite extraordinary match for, for reasons that I, that I wasn't quite expecting. We'll come on to talk about that in a little while. David's in Solihull. It is a mere six minutes past midday for David. So, uh mm. How are you feeling, David? We're, we're, we're trying to rescue your body clock, really, aren't we here? That's that's the, the reason for the early night. Yes. Last night, Matt and I got to bed about 4.35. I mean, it's just the morning, isn't it? We went to bed about 4.35 o'clock <laughs> in the morning after recording the pod and waiting for the editing and just sort of generally sitting around and and recovering from the buzz of the day and it's quite hard to go to bed immediately after a grand slam day you need some time to decompress or i do anyway anyway the result of it all is um at the time that i woke up today paula bedossa had already won on the rod laver arena and i wasn't even out (laughs) of bed genuinely Um, and that is partly because i (laughs) i slept until nearly 1 p.m and it is partly because Paula Badosa won extremely quickly in the first match of the day. Yeah, she did. She picked up where she left off against Tomjanovic. Obviously won a six-love set in the second set against the Australian and then did the same to Martina Trevisan in the first set today. I think it was a much more assured performance from the start, really. There were some doubts, weren't there, about Badosa in that in that first match, she looked a bit uncomfortable. She'd just come from Sydney. She needed to get through that first round, and she did, obviously, in straight sets. But it was just more confident from the start today. Um, and she gave a really nice line afterwards about how emotional it was for her to be back on the Rod Laver Arena, first time for her in in two years. And she said it felt so nice and so different because the last time she played on that court... She was on it because she was facing Petra Kvitova and they played there because of Kvitova. She was the seed. Now, two years on, the situation is totally reversed for her and she is the one getting the 
the headline courts being showcased on the biggest stadium at this tournament because of her seeding. And she said that was just a really nice, nice moment, a sort of marker of all the progress she's made over the last couple of years. Uh, and you're both going to be hearing, well, you two both and the listeners, you're going to be hearing yes, please, a lot from me um, in this podcast because there's there's a lot of matches that have been set up um, in 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 over the course of the last couple of days because we yeah we've lost we've lost a smattering of people you know we've had we've had a few upsets we lost Hubert Hercatch today Coco Goff Leila Fernandez but no one big has gone apart apart from the world number one being deported uh, in the men's tournament <laughs> but since that minor drama uh, we haven't lost any massive names and it means that we are we are headed towards some really cracking matchups and my first yes please of the day is for Badosa against Kostyuk in in the third round Kostyuk who who Matt David you'll notice is is not mentioned yet this tournament but it was only I think it, we're approaching the one year anniversary of Kostyuk being being your new Kuzmova. Have you have you washed, I think his, washed your hands of her? His grin kind of says everything, really, doesn't it? <laughs> I never went as specific and as big with Kostyuk, so I've sort of found it hard you to... You your lesson. I've, I've, exactly. I've sort of found it hard to take much credit. Um, also, there's not been much to take credit for, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> Um, this could be it. Will it be it? Do you know? Do you know what I think? I said was that she would improve her ranking or something like that in 2021, which she did do. So Classic. Sort of nailed it. Um, and actually, I'm not the only one who rates Marta Kostiuk because Paula Badosa herself says whenever someone asks me who's going to be the next big thing, who I think's the next exciting player, Badosa says I always say Kostiuk. You know, because of her game, her potential. So I think Bados is very, very aware of of the threat that Kostiuk does pose. And I agree with you. That's that's the round three that I'm looking forward to. They're both such great athletes. I think they could be really, really exciting rallies in that one. David, is Barty Georgie, which is what we'll be getting in round three after they both won today, is that a yes, please? Or is that is Barty just, is she playing too well? For for anybody other than you know, let's say Osaka, if if they end up meeting in the fourth round, which we're desperately hoping that they will, is Barty playing too well to be troubled by anyone that's not, you know, top five ish? I don't go into it thinking yes, please. I don't. I sort of. I think it could become something, but it would be a surprise to me. I don't expect that to happen. George's shot making and ball striking is such that if she if she has it in her strike zone she can make matches interesting just by the sheer weight of shot and and also there is always that question mark over whether Barty might just switch off in a match because we've seen it before I think that's happening less and less what I expect to happen is that she won't put it in the Georgie strike zone at all she'll put it high up low down over there over there and George will be pulling her hair out and saying, can you give me a normal shot to hit the living daylights out of, please? And she won't get many of those. Comfortable, sustained excellence is how uh, Andrew, who's doing our um, overnight UK time, so day session, day, sh- day session 
uh, Twitter coverage for us and brilliantly he's doing it too. Comfortable, sustained excellence is how he described Barty's performance today to beat uh, Lucia Bronzetti, who is the Italian version of Lucy Bronze, the England footballer. Um, And it is now 48 consecutive service holds and counting for Ash Barty. Unbelievable, isn't it? Five matches in a row without being broken. I've always thought of her serve as underpinning her game, really, and probably the... Probably the shot in tennis which is maximised the most. You know, Barty shouldn't have that good a serve, just, I think, from the way she's built. And yet she has probably the best serve in the world at the moment. She she hits her spots. She backs it up with her game. Um, yeah, she was so comfortable today. I think two minutes um, shorter than her first round match. She lost one more game. She only lost three games in two matches she was in complete control. And as David says, um, when she faces Camilla Georgi, you, you would think that her slice backhand will be key to keep the ball low, to manoeuvre Georgi around the court. And she used that brilliantly against Bronzetti. Just 96% of her backhands were sliced, according, mm. according to the coverage we were watching. And she just can use that shot however she likes. She can sort of deploy it in various ways, I think. And it was almost like she was just practising the slice today. She was she was way too good. Svitolina Azarenka, folks, that's got to be a yes, please, hasn't it? They both won today. Yes, please? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Four love head-to-head in Azarenka's favour. okay. One. Really? Mm. Oh, I did not expect you to say that. I was going. I was expecting that they played double that amount of times and split them. Mm. Mm. Azarenka, after her win today, who did she beat today? Azarenka beat Jill Teichman. Ah, yes. I think that was another one that was over was a, before you arrived. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it was. Um, Matt had earmarked that yesterday as a potential great match, and it was it was over in the blink of an eye. I'm. I mean, or the sort of closure of an eye. I, I can't, I can't fashion that joke. But you see where I was going, um, and yeah, she, she's she's quietly in some great form as her anchor, and she was hit with some punchy old questions in her press conference today. That I mean, it felt like the journalists that were in her press conference covered the full range of sort of tennis controversies um, in one presser, and she didn't dodge any of it she's she's such a grown-up and she's so what what sort of stuff well it was it was vaccines and whether there should be a mandate it was Novak Djokovic it was WTA and China and it was Peng Shui you know one topic after the other and she took them all on um and she she is a, a member of the WTA player council and that was referenced you know, as a preface to some of the questioning, as a, a player representative, do you believe that there should be a, a WTA vaccine mandate? Yes, she does. She does believe in that. She said, I believe in science. I believe this is the right thing. And uh, yeah, she's in favour of a vaccine mandate. It was just... so. Look, I, I, un, I totally understand players not wanting to get involved in the Djokovic thing, for example, not wanting to comment on Djokovic... Uh, not wanting to end up as a headline, um, just, you know, wanting to keep their powder dry and focus on their tennis. I don't blame them for that. But equally, I do celebrate a grown-up walking to the room um, with 
really thoughtful and considered opinions that she's prepared to say and stand behind. Um, there's, yeah, that's so refreshing and it's it's brilliant. Yeah, there's been a lot not said about Djokovic from players, as you said, totally understandably. There's been a lot said generally about the issue and I thought Azarenka said one of the smartest things about it that I've heard. You know, she said it all could have been avoided. Sometimes you need black and white rule rather than a lot of grey area. And if you'd had a black and white rule, it would have just sort of stopped it being an issue, I think. She just she just sort of cut to the heart of it and all of this in a second language, which always mm. just blows me away. The English skills of so many of these players, Azarenka, one of them. And, and yeah, she said that she, as a member of the WTA Player Council, is involved in the process of trying to fill in the rest of the WTA calendar, you know, because without the events in China, we don't know what the second half of the season is going to look like. She didn't reveal obviously what that process was but she said she's heavily involved and she said wouldn't you expect me to be involved you know you know my character you know my personality of course I want to be involved of course I want to have a say in that and I think that's great it's great that she does it and it's great for the WTA that she does it as well. Mm, We had the announcement today that uh, 99 of the world's top 100 female players are now vaccinated and 98 now so that's one mysterious uh, member of the the ATP Top 100 uh, is now vaccinated that wasn't uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so those are good numbers and it's great to hear. We have a battle of French Open champions in round three. Yelena Ostapenko against Barbora Krejcikova. Uh, they won in very different fashions today. Ostapenko 6-4 in the third against Alison Risk. A finalist in Adelaide last week, and Krachikova against Wong, just imperious. I think it was two and two in the end. And her in the post-match interview, you know how direct she is, and just you know, just a completely straight bat, Barbara Krachikova. Um, she she was she she was told by the interviewer, "You've you've you've got Yelena Ostapenko in the next round." She went brilliant, perfect. But, oh, per- yes, perfect. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "What do you think? Oh, what do you wow. think about your next opponent, uh, Elena Ostapenko? Perfect." Um, and what she meant, what she meant was, "Fine, great. fine, I'll great. Play I'm playing great tennis. I'm enjoying being here. It's all, it's all brilliant. You know, I'll take it as it comes. You know, I'm loving the challenge. But it came out as perfect. I'll, <laughs> I'll eat that for breakfast, and maybe she will because she's, yeah, she's, she's playing brilliantly. But I'm, I'm looking forward to I, that. I would." I would definitely watch that one. You know, there's. A, I think one of the things is when you're reeling off the two or three players that have gone out, like Kvitova and Goff and and Fernandez, good names and players that would definitely improve any draw. There's still so many players left; it just doesn't matter. And you, and here you are in third round, and you're you're getting matches that I'm setting alarms for. And I think the other thing is that a lot of the top players, the ones we would consider contenders. Barty, Krejcikova, Badosa, Azarenka will come on to Osaka. They're playing really well. Mm. Like they're, mm. they're winning convincingly. No one's had any trouble yet. It just all feels like... Clean, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's clean, exactly. Mm. Incidentally, David, you're not fooling anybody. 
Uh, we know you don't need to set an alarm to wake up at 3.30 in the morning. And you're also not allowed, been... you're not allowed to set an alarm for 3.30 in the morning. Those no, are the rules. I've been banned from, from the WhatsApp group. I'm banned until 4.30am at the earliest. Yeah. Um, and I've kept but it he doesn't. So un- he doesn't understand that we, we check his last scene. Last scene on WhatsApp. Yeah. yeah. I'm aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wait until 4.31 every day. <laughs> That's why we haven't called him out yet. <laughs> um, right then, folks. Benchich and Isamova happened today. Um, Matt and I were intending to go out and watch this match on the Kia Arena, but uh, events rather overtook us. And frankly, the match was done rather more quickly than we expected. Two straight sets win for Amanda Anisimova. She's 7-0 and uh, for the season so far. She'll be playing Naomi Osaka, who I think is 5-0 and uh, for the season so far, having beaten Madison Brengel tonight on the Rod Laver Arena. We'll talk about that in a minute as well. Um, David, you actually watched the match, so I'll get your views on that. My views were um, they walked out in identical kit. Yeah. And there was, was also, there was they walked out in identical kit. There was a problematic shadow on the court, and I just thought, oh, tennis. Yeah. Were you doing tennis? You, you this need... was the match that I'd most looked forward to today, and it just yeah, shot it was, itself it in the, the match foot of the day before on, the coin toss had even happened. On the schedule, it was definitely the match of the day, and I I tuned out mentally for for the first four games until that shadow had gone. Pretty much, uh, that that was a factor in me whether I'm paying attention to the court or not, because you can't really keep across what's going on until that. And actually, in those first sort of half dozen games, it was it was close, and they were. They were really testing one another, and I thought I've, I've, I was quite interested in what Benchage seemed to be doing. It was a combination of effective play I felt, which was taking the ball really early and trying to rush Anissim over, and it was that that element of it was working for her. And it it reminds you what a talent Benchage is that she sort of deals with the fact that she doesn't have as big a ball strike as her opponent by doing that. But then I felt she really got it wrong tactically. That I don't know how how often this was happening, but I saw a few points in a row where it felt to me like she was just trying to take on the Anisimova backhand because Terrible she rated idea. her own backhand. It's, it was kind of like, I rate my own backhand so highly. Come on then, let's have it. And so she she took it on and it... The, as you say, terrible idea, and uh, and she came unstuck pretty pretty quickly, and also she then had a, a really long medical timeout because I, I I know this because I took my had to give my iPad to my daughter who was having breakfast at the time, and she wanted to watch. She'd never seen a Nissan over before, and she's watching. And she says, "Dad, can we change the channel? Because all all I'm seeing at the moment is Belinda Benchich complaining to the uh, to the trainer that the trainer's getting too close to her and in her face while administering the treatment. So can we watch something else?" <laughs> um, uh, so I did, yeah. I turned it over, but and by the time I turned back, it was pretty much over. And Anisimova was, yeah, efficient and ruthless. She'll need to be against Naomi Osaka in the next round, won't she? It, she she was asked about that match uh, in her on court interview, and at the time, Osaka hadn't hadn't won through. In fact, I think you know it was politely put to her, "You'll face Naomi Osaka or Madison Brengel." In the next round, could you give you could you give us your thoughts on both those two possible opponents? Subtext: a lot more thoughts on Naomi Osaka, please. Um, and she said, and I loved this. She said, "I've been wanting to play Naomi for a while." Um, it's a match and I that needs that. to happen, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, it's, but I love that 
you know, she's, I don't know. I just love that. I love that she's been. About, I love that she's been thinking that big because, quite honestly, but she's been in the wilderness. She really has, and yeah. I feel for her. The reason, the reasons for it, I really feel for her losing her dad at that age and at that stage in her career as well. It's just desperately sad whenever I think about it. Um, but she's been in the wilderness since that breakthrough. Um, and and others have come along and taken the limelight for her. And, you know, all the talk when she reached that that 2019 French Open uh, semi-final was that she was born for the limelight, you know. She was bred for it. She completely belonged there. And then it was just snatched from her and, and life dealt her an incredibly cruel blow. But I love that she's thinking this big, you know, she's thinking, yeah, I want this test. I want to test myself against the very best. Um, and I do wonder how much Darren Cahill has to do with that. Um, I guess it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. You know, the fact that she picked up the phone and called Darren Cahill, you know, that's a that's a, a signal of intent, I think. And I suspect, you know, Darren Cahill would want assurances from from someone he's going to work with that they're going to going to give back what he what he expects from 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 a player. So um yeah i mean matt had a Dar- darren cahill experience this evening well i was going to say i know for a fact that darren cahill was out scouting uh either naomi osaka or madison brengel probably probably keeping a closer <laughs> eye on naomi osaka <laughs> as you say um because neither of us could actually get into the rod laver arena for a moment we both uh turned up at the same gangway and we got there just as the second set started. And, of course, the sort of rule in in tennis is that you're not allowed to go in until the change of ends. But they don't count the first game of the set as a change of ends because they don't sit down. Um, Stick that on the list with faff, matching outfits and shadows. Yeah, sort it out list. So <laughs> stupid. Just you could sort it out in just a click. Mm. Done. Well, you don't need to have any debate. There's no there's no downsides to getting rid of that rule. Just do it now. Yes. I mean, because not everyone can use the line that Darren Cahill used very politely and very nicely, I must say. He said, um, I am I am the coach of the player who faces the winner and you know yeah me too said matt me too <laughs> he said it would be it would be really useful to be able to get in because otherwise we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're, you know we're gonna miss a couple of extra games in the end there was a compromise he was allowed to go in and sit a bit higher up and i i sort of piggybacked on this and said can i go in and just <laughs> just sit there and i was led in as well anyway that was my I mean, darren cahill tale uh, am i right that it at that stage, it probably looked like there might not be that more, yes. that many more games for him to watch because first set, Naomi Osaka is just racing away with it. And and Madison Brengel um, made a match of it in that second set, didn't she? Yeah, she really did. She frustrated Osaka just by the sheer number of balls she started getting back, the depth she got on her shots. And Osaka, yeah, was a little bit unsettled, started missing uh, and actually went down a break in in the second set. I think she was down four three down a break, and just she has an ability to reset Osaka. She can just snap out of how she's feeling, reset, and she suddenly 
just latched on to some returns, got herself going, and then won 12 of the last 14 points of the match. It was a sudden shift. Now, no disrespect to Madison Bringle, I think the question will be whether Naomi Osaka, if she does have one of those moments where she is feeling a bit unsettled on court, whether she can reset against an Ash Barty in in the fourth round, potentially even Anisimova actually in the third round. I do think that will be a really good match, as you said, Anisimova. We've seen that she can perform well on big stages, and if she's relishing that that match, then it and it could be excellent. And I think she she's excited to take on. Osaka, isn't she? Which is what you want when when a sort of underdog faces faces a top player. Mm. I saw when uh, when Osaka got broken in that second set, and what went through my mind was what Catherine said a couple of days ago about having to sort of try to override her natural system of. You could see the angst. You could see the frustration, and I think she explains it very well now in her post match interviews by calling it perfectionism Mm. and saying I have a real problem with not being not doing things perfectly and she's clearly having having to get used to that whether she's having therapy specifically for that kind of mindset I I think that would be very sensible if she has done and and you know the player who 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 caused such trouble at the US Open Leila Fernandez you know just by nipping away and not going away and eventually causing her to just combust and and it, and that was very upsetting to, to witness that whole saga and and I just I do love the fact that she found a way through this you can see that that is still in there that that natural instinct is still in there but the more she can just be okay we're just playing the sport and enjoying it the better because I mean a she's a joy to watch and b I just wanted to be happy quite honestly and uh, and it's a lot hap- nicer experience at the moment. And there was a lovely little um, Twitter exchange between Naomi Osaka and uh, and Andy Murray this evening, wasn't there? Because uh, Andy Murray was obviously watching Naomi Osaka and he uh, he tweeted, anyone hit the ball cleaner from the baseline there? Naomi Osaka with a, a fire emoji. Um, and obviously after her match, Naomi Osaka quote tweeted, anyone put their heart on their sleeve and fight harder than... Andy Murray with with three emojis, including the fire emoji, and it was just 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 some loveliness. It's great to bring some loveliness into the into the Twitter social media online space, isn't it? So so well done then. Um, the men's draw, lots to talk about. I would like to start with Guillermo Feast, who, as we speak, is signing the camera on the Margaret Court Arena. He's just beaten. Alexander Bublik, I think it was 6-1, 6-love, 6-3 or 4 in the end there. And uh, Alexander Bublik played really quite well, um, is is my take on, on the match. We didn't watch the whole thing, but we watched quite a lot of it. Um, I'd like to quote Hannah on, on our Twitter, who's... Who's just tweeted? I will not check Gail Monfils's draw. I will not check Gail Monfils's draw. I will not check Gail Monfils's draw. Um, but I'm already thinking that I desperately want to check Gail Monfils's draw because, oh, it's a sight. It's a sight for sore eyes. What he's doing at the moment. What he did tonight. I mean, it was well. It was exhibition tennis but with a real focus and intent 
Discipline. And discipline to it. It was the perfect balance of showboating and, uh, yeah, discipline. And what a dream that combination is. What a dream. It's taken him 35 years to find it and, what, 20, 18 years of his career for us to embrace it, him and who he is and understand him fully. But I feel like there's this synergy now and it's all i don't know i don't know i've allowed myself to dream feels different to me monfils and sorry hannah one of the reasons it feels different to me is because Novak Djokovic is not in that section of the drawer anymore do you think that changes it for him mentally you think that's freed him a little i mean i always sort of hesitate to guess whether a player is one of those who checks their draw i'm sort of assuming monfils is but i don't know that he might he might not even know that djokovic is was in his section and then vacated it i don't know but we have seen monfils play well before and then run into a really really top player and not have it or not trouble them like we think he's going to many times against novak djokovic his section is open. It really is open. And I don't think anyone's playing better than him in it, to be honest. He it said, feels uh, different to me. He said, I just felt good, you know, amazing atmosphere, good vibes, good crowd, good gale. Oh. oh. <laughs> David's would there being be, cautious. Would there be, not saying it's going to happen, David. I know. I know. The realities of the world. Would there be a more popular Grand Slam win than Guillermo Fies? Jan and Novotna, Wimbledon, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it would it would be incredibly popular. I don't think there'd be a more aside from Ash Barty. I don't think there'd be a more popular winner of this tournament right now that could win it. You know, certainly on the men's yes, side. Yes, because Juan Martín Del Potro can't come back and win yes. it. Hang on. Did you just, no, say, even so, did I, you just I, say he could win it, David? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said I said if if he won it, I don't think there would be a more popular player in the men's that, draw. That tennis but, tonight could win it. So are you saying that he, he can't? He can't produce that tennis for seven matches against I, the best in I the world. Have, look, I mean, he's been around for 15 years and he hasn't yet. Um, you know, why, why, why should I believe that now is different really based on all that history? I, I, th- and, and he's got, look, he hasn't got to beat Federer and he hasn't got to beat Djokovic. That's good news for him. Uh, but there are other good players around and, um, history suggests that that's a tall order, a bit of very tall order. I, I'd be... He's not in my mix because I'd be very surprised if he won oh, the tournament. Oh, he's not in the mix. I would be very surprised as well. Like, I'm getting carried away because that's what he does to you. That tennis, to, I, I defy it. anybody I mean, to, not to get carried away with it. But yeah, he is, he is away from the mix. Yeah. It's joy, joyous tennis that mm. he's playing right now. And I, I hope he can go on a deep run because it, it's uh, it's great to see. Joy killer. Joy killer David Law. Unfortunately, I, I, I do agree with you. I do. I, I just allowed myself to to just sort of picture it. He was the junior champion in two thousand and four. 
Was it? I can already feel a Matt Stat biggest early. gap between junior and senior titles. <laughs> Thought you weren't getting carried Wouldn't, away. Wouldn't that be a great stat? Mm, that is a great one. Mm. Sebastian Corder is uh, is also a junior champion. He won today five sets against Corentin Mute. Um, I only watched the fifth set tiebreak for this. You know, just just rock up for the uh, for the important moments, and it was fun. In fact, actually, I tuned in a couple of points before the fifth set tiebreak, which was uh, Corentin Mute saving match points. He saved the first of them with a full pelt body shot straight at Sebastian Corder, and he did not enjoy it at all. There was finger wagging. It was and, and, it was all great. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Mute took a selfie with a fan before the fifth set tiebreak started. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he went over to the to the side of the court where his his towel container was. Um, to grab the towel, and there was it was it was on quite an outside court, court eight. eight, I think, which has some sort of, you know, some fairly insubstantial stands, but it's all you know quite free flowing. Crowds just standing around, um, and yeah, there was just a bloke there that took his opportunity, and Mute went with it, <laughs> so uh, he got a selfie. Mute eventually lost the match, um, but it was yeah, it was such good fun. Um, and, and only the second five-set match that Corder's played, he said in his press conference. The other one, of course, being that record-breaking match she played against Hatchinov at Wimbledon where neither of them could hold serve in the fifth set. Yes. Remember, they kept breaking each other. And here, he at least had the sort of comfort blanket of a fifth-set tie-break. Um, and he seemed to relish that. There was an amazing rally, wasn't there, halfway through that tiebreak, which Corder finished off with a backhand winner up the line, and that seemed to just be the final push of momentum that he needed. Yeah, it was, mm. it was, it was, it was good scenes on Corder 8. Matt said to me today, David, I, I find it very difficult to like a player that doesn't have a good backhand. <laughs> so the backhand snobbery is, uh, is escalating. <laughs> David... Fan of the 90s, are you aware of how Sebastian Corder celebrated his victory today? I have seen the picture of him doing the Petter Corder scissor kick. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a nice touch from him um, towards his dad. But he's um, he's a lovely player to watch. It, it is going to be interesting to see whether Seb Corder can make it work with his body type i mean him being a big guy and and i think he moves nicely but i don't necessarily think he moves in a way that's going to enable him to keep up with maybe sinner and rublev and alcaraz at the moment that's going to be an interesting test to see whether he can make that next step with them because because the stroke production you were describing the other day how fluid it is and beautiful to look at but will he be able to will you be able to kind of hold himself in in the corners and spring out again and be able to do it time after time. That That isn't there at the moment, I don't think yet. Mm, Pablo Carreño Buster next for for Corda, which is a real sort of, it's a real test for a young player, isn't it? It's a real sort of rite of passage, beating... Mm. beating Seppi, Carreño yeah. Buster, Martin Fuchovic. So yeah. I would put them all in that sort of category. Physical test and also 
a mental one, I think, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Also, in this half of the men's draw, uh, we have Rafael Nadal still. He beat Yannick Hanfman today, uh, three sets for him over the German, but the match felt competitive. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a dismissal by any means. Um, it was lovely to see him play just in the blazing Melbourne sunshine. It was a gorgeous day in, in Melbourne today. He's obviously asking to play in the afternoon. These Those are his preferred conditions here. He's the only former champion in the draw. I'm presuming he's getting whatever court assignment he likes. Um, and he's just a sight for sore eyes, you know, in that bright pink that he's wearing. Um, it's just seeing someone in their natural habitat. You know, I was really reaching for for an analogy earlier when I said this to Matt. I said, oh, it's just, you know, just seeing him in his natural habitat like that is just so, it's so joyful. And I, the only thing I could come up with, and it doesn't really work, and yet somehow I'm repeating it for the second time today, is like, the, do you remember the end of Free Willy, David, when, when, the, when, the, when the killer whale, when he when he jumps over the fence and he's free into the ocean, back in his natural habitat, and it's just pure joy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I actually think that's a, a good like analogy. That. I yeah. think you're putting yourself down. It is like Nadal's been caged Yes. over the last nine months. Nadal wants nothing more than to compete and to be out there and to be playing tennis, and he's got that opportunity again, and it has set him free, and it is a joy. And I, and I do appreciate the Free Willy reference because in the 90s, I worked in Ritz Video Shop when Free Willy came oh, out hello. and it was on a loop in the bloody video shop for three months. <laughs> and so I know that end scene very well. Are these the lost law years? It, it, very much mm. so. <laughs> I, was supposed to be, I was supposed to be studying. But no, I was earning a bit of extra pocket money and getting all the free videotapes I could cram in my bag. Um, He was asked by Jim Jim Courier after the match, uh, what are the secrets to your fitness, Rafa? Uh, The answer is apparently golf. So, um, yeah, just want arms like Nadal? Play golf. He said, play golf. Honestly, that's the true. I've never been a gym guy. And then proceeded to talk about what he does in the gym. Yeah. Very much like someone who has spent a lot of time in the gym. I think what he was saying is he doesn't really like it that much. Yeah. If Rafael Nadal isn't a gym guy, what does that make the rest of us? (laughs) Golfers. Um, He's on... He's, I mean, he's playing really good tennis. I don't think he's, you know, hit absolute top form, but, you know, the best players play themselves into a tournament, don't they? He's looking, he's looking really good. In the press conference room, he is just in the form of his life, Rafael Nadal. He's, he's desperate to chat. He's, he's unmissable viewing, um, Rafael Nadal in the press conference room. And, and even better if you're asking him about balls. Yes. Favourite subject, balls. Mm, luckily, that was in the Spanish portion of the press conference today, so I'd, I'd what was the gist of that? by that stage. He... <laughs> there was no gist, David. There was sort of a five-minute monologue. <laughs> he... Okay, well, we'll leave that there. Mm. Then. <laughs> yeah. 
let's not go into it, but he did start a really long explanation in Spanish with, how can I put this in a way that you'll understand? Which I thought was <laughs> very kind of him. He he was asked by uh, Tamani Carroll of The Guardian about his age. You know, he, he, I think the question was sort of, I know you, you know, get asked a lot about your age, etc. But um, are there any, what are the, what are the positives and negatives of being a 35 year old on tour? And I said, there's only one good thing about my age and that's everything that I've achieved. Uh, there are no other positives. <laughs> um, and then, then he sort of turned philosopher and in his, in his second language, he came out with, off the cuff, he came out with, when you get older, the watch never stops. But that's the circus of life. Circus. Mm. Mm. And, it, and, it, and there was also wonderful pointing at the watch. Yes, he pointed at his smart watch yeah. <laughs> at that point. Um, yeah, it was great. Look, he's, uh, it, I'm sure it's a mixture of just, you know, there'd have been dark days, I'm sure. I, I definitely get the impression dark days where he really wondered whether he'd ever be in this position again, let alone a position where he's clearly feeling very good about his body, I think. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And he faces Karen Hatchinov next. And I must say, he is not taking that challenge lightly. He mentioned quite a few times in the press conference the battles he's had with Hatchinov. He, I think sometimes we've been a bit down on Hatchinov and thought he isn't really the tennis player that he could be or should be with those weapons. But the times when he has been have kind of been against Rafael Nadal, I think, in the past. Certainly that US Open match is probably the best I've ever seen Hatchinov play. And I think that's that's the biggest step up Nadal is going to have had in this comeback so far. You know, he's played opponents with a similar ranking so far, you know, between about 60 and 100 in the world, something like that. This is this is a different level now, Hatchinov. And I think Nadal thinks he's ready for it, but isn't, isn't of course, you know, resting on his laurels. He, he, he knows that this is, this is a challenge and he'll, he'll properly figure out where he is against Hatchinov. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. 
Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. In other yes, please news, the third round promises Matteo Berrettini against Carlos Alcaraz, David. They both won today. Berrettini dropped a set against the sort of, the he's always referred to Stefan Kozlov as like the the for, former junior phenom or some something of, of that regard. And it's such a sad, sort of tragic almost way of referring to someone. He's probably still only about 24 or something. Um, yes, actually, you've just briefly reminded me of... Um another quote that Osaka gave today, which was, uh, I feel like if I compared myself to the past, I'll never be satisfied. And that sort of, I think, applies to someone like Stefan mm. Kozlov, how hard Gosh. it must be to be where he is in his career now compared to where he probably thought he was going to be, you know, eight, nine years ago when he was when he was a junior and how much promise there was. Mm. Mm. But anyway, he lost today. Mm. <laughs> Lost to Berrettini, won a set. Uh, Alcaraz won today. David has thoughts he'd like to share, folks. <laughs> well, I, I didn't see the first round match of Alcaraz, but I saw some of the second round one. And first of all, it it, it was striking his physical um, he's, prowess. He's been playing a lot of golf, I've heard, David. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he really has been playing a lot of golf this bloke, uh, by the looks of it. Um, his guns were out, and he he just looked incredibly focused. He was just taking Dusan Lajevic apart for two sets, a handful of games he lost. Then it got competitive in the third. He went down a break, got it back on serve, and won it 7-5. But he... His intensity is just non-stop. He doesn't take a rest at all. I mean, again, very Nadal-like. And um, and it was interesting to to see the words of, of Andy Roddick on Tennis Channel talk, saying, this guy's game is ready. His physique now is ready for a deep run at a Grand Slam, to go all the way at a Grand Slam, to be top 10 this year. That's, that's what he's predicting for him. And what struck me about Roddick saying that is that Roddick played Nadal in 2004 at the US Open before Nadal had even won the French Open, I think it was. And it it wasn't close, but Nadal physically looked there. It's just that his game wasn't there yet, certainly on a hard court. It was, I mean, he got hammered. Roddick beat him for the loss of about seven games and one, he put down one fastball serve at 140 miles an hour that hit Nadal in the chest. And it was really like, oh my word, he's, he's really done that deliberately he's trying he's trying to send a message here and and i think roddick admitted that uh, he was trying to intimidate him or at least say you're not, you're not there yet mate or whatever and he said at the time i thought this would be a good clay court player about nadal but i didn't think he'd be really necessarily anything that much on anything else if he unless he improved massively i think it was three months later 
that Nadal went to the Davis Cup and beat Roddick, who was then the world number one um, at the at the end of that year in four sets. And this, again, is before Nadal has won the French Open. And Roddick said, I, I suddenly looked at him in a different way. The rate that he was improving, okay, that was clay, but he was starting to just become another animal altogether. And... I get the sense from the way Roddick's talking there. He, he doesn't do this. He doesn't go big on people unless he's absolutely convinced. I think he's excited by Alcaraz, and I think he's got every right every right to be. Okay, well, well, uh, consider me excited. Consider me definitely excited about Alcaraz against Berrettini. Uh, Shapovalov won today, taking the scenic route. He's really racking up the court time is Denis Shapovalov, but his hopes are alive. Five sets today over Sunwoo Kwon. Uh, He now plays Riley Apelka. Um, Yeah, I I think he needs to to up it against Apelka. I think he he just squanders too much. Um, I've got nothing new to say about about Shapovalov. He can look brilliant. I love it. He's, He's too wasteful. Um, on a tennis court, I, I, ju- I just mention it um, because I, I, I accidentally had a sort of one-on-one interview with him today because I was the only person to show up for his press conference uh, in quite a big room, and there was an awkward time uh, where the moderator said to him, "Dennis, we're just going to give it a minute to wait for everyone else to arrive," uh, and there was no everyone else. He, he there were other people online. Um, and he he didn't notice. He was fine about it. He was really cool. Uh, but nobody else arrived. So it was just me and Dennis. Um, and I had a really good chat with him about um, Jamie Delgado, um, his new coach, of course, that he snapped up after uh, Delgado split with Andy Murray, how it came about, what they'd been working on, how different Jamie Delgado is to, to Michael Eugenie, who Shapovalov's no, no longer working with. Um, and that'll be in our newsletter. So if you want to hear my mm. and accidental one on one interview with Dennis Shepherd. Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. And, and I just did just want to say, I find that very interesting. I was asking you both earlier how is the setup at this tournament in terms of the, the distinction between on site media, people like yourselves who've we've paid for the flights to take you out there and. and get you accommodation you've got accreditation you're in the room with these people and the people that are being helped out in order to to get access to these players virtually online and and of course that's what we've relied on for the last couple of years and i still think that there's great value in being on site and you see it right there and Catherine's the only person in the room with the guy and able to have a proper conversation with him and it is different in person isn't it i mean we've we've all experienced that and i mean first of all thank you to all the people that have signed up as friends of the tennis podcast because we wouldn't be doing that without you um and and I still I feel great pride in the fact that we're able to do it because there is such value to it. You're, you're telling me stuff. I am I am the listener this fortnight. I can't be there with you. I am trying to join these conversations. I'm watching as much as I can. But you two are telling me stories every day that I know nothing about to do with this tournament, and that's what that's what the value is. Yeah, very well said, David. The- there really is value in being in press conferences. You just get so much more out of it. You get such better feel for how the player is. And frankly, you know, I, I tip my hat to all journalists who are not on 
I'm not in the Australian time zone covering this event virtually. You know, we did it last year. I found it very, very difficult to get to press conferences during the Australian Open last year just because so many of them are through the night and, you know, I was either asleep or I was watching the tennis in my pyjamas and it's, you know, I've got a podcast to record. I'm thinking about other things and I just found it hard and there are lots of journalists who are doing it and, and are doing a great job. But being here is just easier to go and you feel like you can you can sort of follow a player's journey a bit through the draw. You know, we've been to all of Rafa Nadal's press conferences. I fully intend to keep going to them and you build up a bit of a rapport. They sort of know to expect a question from you and you might, you know, you sort of, they know your style of asking a question a little bit. It just all helps the situation and press conferences have been a big talking point recently, of course, in the sport. And I think generally the sort of hybrid of in-person and virtual press conferences works well. And I think they're doing a really good job here, but I just think it's better for player and journalist to, to be in the room, you know, when that's possible and when it's safe to do so. Mm, Very well said. Although Matt did spend most of today uh, watching Fulham's goals from last night, wishing, wishing he'd been at home watching them in person. <laughs> it takes a long time to watch all of Fulham's so goals. So many goals. <laughs> all right, move so on. So <laughs> much smugness about those goals. Um, so, yeah, Shapovalov through to the third round. He'll play a Pelka collision course with Zverev by the looks of things if he gets through a Pelka in round number four. And Zverev straight sets tonight against John Millman, six love in the third Really looks like those days of of being wasteful in the early rounds of slams are are very much behind him. It's yeah, it's, ju- it's just routine just, and professional now. Just a note on that: Mats Valander and Eurosports coverage said before that began this sort of match, the big three. Okay, we, he's had those win that win over Federer, but if you take that aside, typically John Millman gets beaten three three and three by the the big players. Um, in this situation that should be happening in this match and basically that's what happened okay the first two sets were they weren't quite as ruthlessly efficient but then the third set the thing is I mean Milman's perfect for him he just gives him this regular ball he's a ball machine and Zverev has a much bigger way to shot and he relentlessly did it um it's going to take somebody with weapons or variety to stop him um or somebody who could stand up to him. And, and yeah, Millman was fodder for him, to be quite honest, today. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, Shafavalov potentially round four, potentially Nadal in the quarters. So we'll see. Let's he not get weapons. ahead of ourselves too far. He has yeah. weapons. It's all the golf. A lot of golf, you golf see. Golf yeah. equals weapons, folks. Uh, schedule for tomorrow. We you through it quickly. Muguruza starting against Cornet. On Rod Laver, Sabalenka up next, then Alex de Menor. Night session starts with Kyrgios Medvedev. Great Rod Laver, brilliant match. Unacceptable that Simona Halep and Beatrice Haddad Meyer are scheduled to play after that. They've put that match first on Rod Laver, expecting it and hoping it to be, you know, a thriller, to be a, a, a lengthy epic. So, best case scenario is that they want Simona Halep and Beatrice Haddad Meyer to be walking out onto court, you know, 10, 11 p.m. Unacceptable. Um, can, can I just say on that, on that one, I think that they should should find 
a different court for for Halep's match mm. and a proper start time. I, mm. I just don't think that there was a need for two matches Agreed. in that night session. If you've got Kyrgios, Medvedev, fine. If you, I understand them wanting to stick that bang in the middle of prime time. Totally. But as you say, it's going to go on for for hours if they're lucky there's no need for another one after that totally could not agree more could not agree more um yeah i totally un- understand you want it to, to know the start time of Kyrgios medvedev you want to advertise it tv want that brilliant okay don't make don't make halep and Hadad Meyer and fans of women's tennis suffer in order for that to happen uh mm. second court is starting with conservate towson david's picked an upset there Loves a bit of is it an upset? Loves though? a bit of Towson. Oh. It is an upset. It's definitely Shush. not an upset that you've gone for it. Yeah, we. I said, <laughs> I said, I said, David, I need your prediction, please. And Catherine said, Oh, David sent it in. I said, Is it Towson? Yes, it is. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Haley Baptiste, uh, the qualifier, American qualifier against Maddie Inglis. That's second on, so pretty high billing for them. Uh, then it's Stefano sit to pass against Sebastian Baez, who I don't know very much about from Argentina. He was at the next-gen finals, mm. and we didn't know very much about him then either. <laughs> we'll try and watch a bit of that for you tomorrow, folks. And if he wins, <laughs> we'll we'll hastily read up on him. Um, night session, Danka Kovanich against Emma Raducanu, first up, uh, followed by Steve Johnson against Yannick Sinner. We've got Fritz Tiafo. That's a bit of a pick on the John Kane Arena tomorrow and fourth on John Kane, uh, not before 5.30, is Andy Murray against Taro Daniel. Uh, Sam Stozer is second on the Kier Arena tomorrow against Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. Could be her last uh, Australian Open or, her, or her, last, uh, her last singles match, indeed. You've got Anna Konyu against Daniel Collins, Dan Evans against Artur Rinderknech. I'll keep saying that because I finally learned how to say Rinder Kanesh. And I learned from Daniil Medvedev. So there's more value from going to press conferences. You learn pronunciations <laughs> from Daniil Medvedev. So that's all to look forward to tomorrow. I really feel like the the tournament's gathering momentum, isn't it? What it's missing is a brilliant match on the Rod Laver Arena. We haven't had one. I think we had one, three, we had Sabalenka didn't we going three sets with with Storm Sanders but it it wasn't a it wasn't a brilliant match it was an error strewn it was an error strewn match really it needs a it needs a cracker and I hope it gets that tomorrow yeah and that's I know we're running out of time but that is actually a question I'd be interested to hear people's thoughts on about first first few days scheduling at a slam I know the stars obviously deserve the stage. Absolutely. Of course they do. But would it be better for the tournament? Would it showcase the tournament better if sometimes better actual matches were scheduled on the main court through the first few days? You know, I don't know. It's sort of, we're just so used to it always being the best players on the best courts rather than necessarily the best matches. And I totally, as I said, understand why they do the best players, but you get a situation like this and I've barely watched the Rod Laver arena. You know, I've kept an eye on all of these big names. Of course I have, but the matches, the best matches are happening elsewhere. And of course that's good for grounds pass holders and everything, but I don't know. TV tends to take the matches on, on the main stadium. And are they necessarily 
selling the sport in the best way? Are they are they representing what a Grand Slam is all about in the first few days? I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I just think it's a interesting interesting mm. point. Tweet us. Let us know at Tennis Podcast. Um, yeah, get in touch. Subscribe to the newsletter. All the things. Check us out on Instagram. I am just spamming our Instagram followers with content this week. Not all of it is cat content, folks. In fact, we haven't seen Robin the cat in two days, and I'm very upset about it. Yes, I'm starting to think we were in a sort of Murakami novel or something. It was all a dream, and there was was a cat. It was all a dream, yeah. Another night of wandering down the street doing literal cat calls. Anyway, uh, we have an Australian Open mascot for the fortnight. His name is Charlie. He's lovely. He's a beagle. He lives in Chicago. Uh, we love Charlie. I'll uh, I'll pop a picture of Charlie, maybe maybe two pictures of Charlie on our Instagram tomorrow, so you can look forward to that. Uh, Billy Jean is having a lovely old time with my brother. She's sponsored by Billy Jean King and Alana Kloss. Uh, David is sponsored by Darwin. I'm sponsored by Carter. Let's not talk about how the predictions are going, Carter. Matt is sponsored by Gerald the Cat. We have two executive producers they are top bloke chris albert lee and top bloke kyle weingartner and we have shout outs matt we have christy wellam from dallas texas hello christy like christy on and i still have a very romantic (laughs) view of, of 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 dallas for anybody who's who's an 80s product or 70s product the 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 show dallas is is something that is so important to us why are you two looking at me blankly you don't even you don't even know about the whole who shot jr cliffhanger do you you don't even know what that is i've heard of it have you yeah i've heard of that yeah okay look it up it was it had a nation enraptured here in the uk i mean people would just that had 20 million viewers and you know front page news discussing who it might be oh as the days just going back to christiane have i got that wrong <laughs> <laughs> yes this is christy uh c-h-r-i-s-t-y but christiane's with a k but orally a-u same. Yes. Like Catherine, I embrace Catherine's with a K. Oh, okay. And I'm a Catherine with a C. Do you? I thought yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, to an extent, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. okay. Anyway, Christy. Anyway, thanks, Christy. Christy, thanks very much. <laughs> we also have Marlin Hanson from Stockholm. Hang on. Like the band Hanson. Matt doesn't know the band Hanson, David. Do you not know the band? Like... Do you not know Mbop? Yeah. I do that's, know that. That's Hanson. Like, that's Hanson. Like, okay. Hanson. H-A-N-S-O-N. Oh, this is double S. Oh, okay. So Swedish Swedish version of Hanson the band. And like a Marlin, <laughs> as in the Florida Marlins. Well, Marlin says, last year I just had my first name and you made a reference to the fish. Hmm. Well, that's what the Florida Marlins is a reference Indeed. to. And this is a, just a roundabout reference to the fish. And this time she says, I'm not a man, no offence taken. Right. Oh, sorry. Well, anyway. That's why it's good to have more information. You definitely can't take offence to being a friend, being a friend. sort of embraced as a member, of, uh, an auxiliary member of the band Hanson. That was, that was one of the songs of the 90s, Mbop. Next. 
Lisa Tomlinson from California. Lisa Tomlinson, right. Like Lisa from The Simpsons? Yep, just like that. Lisa, thank you very much indeed. Very much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being our friends. Thank you for being our friends. Genuinely, we wouldn't be out here if it weren't for you. And uh, I I hope it's extremely obvious how grateful we are to be here um and how much we're enjoying producing these podcasts and how much we hope you're enjoying us being here and producing these podcasts so thank you if you want a shout out or an intro or just to be a friend of the podcast um you can do all of those things the details are in our show notes if you haven't yet subscribed to our newsletter there's no excuse for that um get yourself on board the newsletter train there's 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 good content in there folks and um i'm i'm helping with matt Stat, or i'm trying to help with matt stat every day but he he doesn't need much help but i'm i'm offering my assistance so uh yeah do all of those things follow us on twitter on instagram all of that uh and we'll speak to you tomorrow for day four with the australian open 